there's a strong possibility that you know who Kai happens to be at this point. And he gained a great deal of attention through YouTube due to an interview he did with KMPH after a melee that he was involved with down in Fresno in early February. As the Huffington Post describes it here, he whacked an alleged assailant claiming to be Jesus and clutching a woman in a bear hug. That is, that's what the assailant was doing. And then Kai helped out with his hatchet. And specifically, they go into the story pointing out that suspect Jet Simmons McBride allegedly ran his car into a an African-American Pacific gas and electric worker, pinning this person to his truck. Bystanders say that McBride was yelling that he was Jesus Christ and here to save the world from black people. And apparently he turned on a bystander, Tanya Baker as well, who was trying to help the PG&E worker and wrapped his arms around her in a violent bear hug. That's when Kai stepped up with the hatchet and helped out until the police arrived, along with some PG&E workers. As it turns out, he lives around here in, in Humboldt, and he doesn't really have a house. I mean, he's described as houseless or homeless. But yesterday... I went up to the Arcata Plaza to talk to him and asked him what he's been doing. I drank beer after the incident and uh, smoked smoked a nice fat joint, kind of mellowed out. Uh, started hitchhiking back up north. I was like, oh man, I want to get on over to the Redwoods and like smoke some herbs and sit and chill in some trees and stuff. And So I got on up all the way to Santa Rosa hitchhiking. I was uh, uh, sleeping in tents, stuff, you know, like uh, still had that bag. Then this production company that the producer from the Kardashians heads up and the real world and stuff, uh, she, uh, um, she, she came on up to Santa Rosa. Well, she actually flew all the way up to Arcata. And then I didn't make it all the way up to Arcata because, like, people was like, oh, you're that hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. I don't know if I'm going to give you a ride right now. I mean, like, since then, like, over the course of the month, people have actually been um, giving me rides, like, out of nowhere, like, cars I've, I've never ridden in before. Uh, I, I know I, I ran out of this one uh, um, corporate store, like, multinational corporate store with, like, three 30-packs of Budweiser's, like, since since uh, February 2nd. And... Uh, <laughs> Like, this dude recognized me and had seen that shit on Jimmy Kimmel. And he was like, oh, shit. And so he starts running after me as I'm, like, booking her out the door carrying 90 beers. He runs on over and uh, he tries grabbing me. So I angle myself over. He slides off, like, 60 beers. And so it, it just explodes and, like, starts rolling all over the ground. So it's basically like he Donkey Konged himself because then he'd have to run on over a bunch of little um, beer-filled barrels in order to get to me. I was just booking her on off a 30-pack. Came on over right over here, like, open it on up, motherfucking strewed it over in front of like a bunch of people. I was like, yo, happy Valentine's. Yeah, yeah nothing came of that? The police didn't come after you over that one? Because you, you speak so openly about these things, you'd think that at some point... It's like, you know, that video already went viral. I mean, yeah, if, if motherfucking Walmart or Target or any of those places were to bring any of that trial, they'd mostly be able to try to charge me with is a misdemeanor. And then, by putting it into trial, that videographic evidence would become public. And if you don't think that would be viral, me skateboarding out of a mother Walmart with $2,000 worth of camping gear after my other backpack got stolen, and a store detective running after me, mother security patrol is coming on over me, getting on over behind a restaurant, dipping all the stuff into a bag, running over across the street one direction, changing clothes, changing hairstyle, putting the bag so it looks like a different color, running over another direction. 
You know, like if they if they put out videos of me doing that. Um, <laughs> well, how how often do you do you steal? Is this sort of a, da- a daily occurrence? I can't call it. I mean, if you were to say, okay, in the last uh, three months, how many times have you shoplifted? Mm, you know, I don't, I don't hit up shops. That's the thing. I mean, how many, how many days have, have we been in a war with corporations who try to take away our bill of rights and elect, um, you know, phony, uh, not even politicians really, because it's like they just basically elect policies. And so if a person writes a, a, a pleasant enough argument for them and, and their, their corporation, then they get elected. But it's not really the person getting elected, it's all, all the paper that they put out, you know what I mean? Because even when a person's in office, like, it's like their hands are tied. And not everybody's got the balls to walk in downtown LA with cops and surfers and um, male ladies are getting shot up and just like whip out a board that says just do it do it do it and whip a bandana over my face and walk down the street aiming that board at a car like not any car but at police cars like it's a like it's a rifle you know because I was like all right you're gonna shoot up surfers you're gonna shoot up male ladies why don't you shoot up me I'm pretty sure that would attract some international attention come on do it and uh, they, they, they let off after that Cool. So where have you been staying? Because you are you are homeless or, or houseless. Uh, what, what do you what do you do? Homeless. I just um, I contribute. Like I, I know Anthony and Anna had uh, allowed me to stay over at their place, like somewhere near McKinleyville, uh, within a couple hundred miles or something. And uh, yeah, so you know, I woke up the next day. Uh, you know, they was cleaning cleaning the house, so I did all the dishes from the night before, the pots and pans and stuff. Uh, went on over, scooped the dog poo from the back porch. Fed the garden. Garden was really happy about that. And I, I could tell because it was all green. And so, uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, smoked some herbs with them, you know, like, just... So, 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 so you, you have a place to stay then, it sounds like. I don't really possess a place, like, I don't got a script of rent for it or anything, but I mean, like, I contribute where I go, and people have been really good to me, so I'm happy to keep, you know, like, reciprocating and, and enjoying, like, that people are helping me out now. I, I, I appreciate that so much. This so much. And how long have you been living the the lifestyle? Because uh, now I think I've, I read that you're 24, so you don't have a, uh, an apartment, but you are able to survive and people help you out. But how long have you been doing this? I was a latchkey kid when I was young. I used to eat dog food out of the cupboards because there was no food. So I can't really call it. First time I ever went hitchhiking, hitchhiking, I was uh, 16. I mean, I hitchhiked before then, but it was only like, you know, maybe 50, 100 miles. But like, first time I actually went across mountains and uh, started working in a different town, construction, and got a little place, you know, I was, I was 16 years old. So you've been doing this for a while then. What would you recommend it? It, it sounds like it'd be somewhat stressful to an extent, well, to to a degree, because you really don't know what's going to happen next week or even tomorrow. Well, I'm in no means revolutionary. Well, actually, yo, okay, maybe the the level of commitment, like, but that that's not something that I can talk about. Um, Socrates, though is the one who pioneered kind of a lifestyle like this. But he was also kind of watching the way that native tribes were were doing it over in Europe. And that was that uh, when you get old enough, you leave the uh, the atomic family that, that, you know, you've been birthed from and just like, you know, kind of become part of the community. Uh, And I mean, that's called the spirit walk. Um, or like a walkabout if you're in Australia or whatever, but you know, like it's that point in time where you leave the safety net that you built up and go and strike out on your own, you know what I mean? 
I think that's necessary for people to really develop themselves as, as people. Oh, sure. And, and I think that's only natural that once you reach a certain age, you do have to head out on your own. But uh, I, mean, I think for me, living in an apartment, I don't live... Uh, the the high lifestyle, but uh, I'm looking at, okay, I can go home tonight and sleep in a bed, but you've chosen not to do that, and I'm just curious if that's something you'd recommend others do, or living, and you're not on the street necessarily, but that seems to be an option periodically, but is this something that you would recommend others do? It's not really a choice. I don't got a social security number. I couldn't find a job because people was asking me for IDs and stuff. Cop comes up and hassles me, whips on the sirens at three o'clock in the morning, trying to find, you know, even even like a desk job. Can't even do it without a social security number. But I mean, like, there's ways of contributing to the community without being on paperwork. So I seek what I can what I can find out, like you know, medicines I can learn from the forest, like uh, how to help people with that. I mean, when people are in real life situations in orchards where there's no cops around, because cops don't give a f- when you don't make enough money, you know. So I read that you were uh, arrested here in Arcata a couple of weeks ago, maybe uh, a weekend or two ago. What what was that all about? Oh, last Sunday. Well, Friday night there's this. Uh, uh, apparently a Grateful Dead dance and cops was going around looking for an after party uh, a bunch of college students showed up at college parties uh, wearing Grateful Dead gear uh, I guess maybe they mistook the, the parties for a Grateful Dead dance and so they went over and busted them up <laughs> this one party the APD had to call the mother UPD up for uh, backup and so um, the, the next day the cops went up to all the deadheads and started hassling because they're pissed off because they couldn't find the dance they're like well we're still gonna get at you anyways like roughed them up and <laughs> meanwhile three flash mobs from Humboldt State U converged at this one house party with a bonfire in the back and, and created one of the biggest parties in Humboldt State Union history so on Sunday the cops finally found out about it uh, it was rocking steady till 4 a.m. and they didn't, they didn't even hear about it until the next day. And so Sunday they came on up to me and I was standing with a bunch of deadheads. But there was this one girl named Jenny from uh, Cultural Anthropology over at Humboldt State U. And she was wearing a Grateful Dead shirt, this one I'm wearing right here, like the uh, 15th anniversary. Yeah, she was wearing this one. I was wearing a dead mouse shirt, and she's got like she's got these real beautiful dreads, and I mean, she she like she walks like a hippie, talks like a hippie, you know. So uh, the uh, the cops they, they they came on up because we was we was sitting in front of the U.S. Bank, you know, just occupying a space. It's a planner, you know, and so we was sitting there and you know smoking a cigarette, and cops came up to hassle us, and then they came up uh, onto me and like you're being detained and you need to give me your real name. I was like, man, you're f-ing giving you. Sh- you know the fourth and fifth amendment are don't give me any lip blah 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 I was like am I free you are not free to go I was like what's your name and he's like officer Miller I was like officer I don't know any, I don't know any kid's name officer that's a fake name and so he uh he's like what's your name I was like just Kai and then he like grabbed me and threw me into cuffs like real tight I was like that's a state of California court recognized alias for me and the legal name that applies to me but I do not apply to you. It's K of Lawrence McGilvery. Sucker. And he's like, quit resisting. Smash my head off the f- back of the cruiser. All the while, he just thinks it's a bunch of, you know, deadheads. So he's like, yeah, nobody's going to listen to them. Not realizing there's a cultural anthropology student standing there in a deadhead shirt. And so they smashed my face off the back of the f- cruiser. They took me on down to Eureka County Jail. And so, like, he sits me in the, in the car in these tight-ass cuffs, like, for half an hour. 
And like I felt pins and needles when we finally got those off. Like he was trying to kill off this guitar hand, but I was like, I, I flexed all the muscles he was putting it on because I knew what he was trying to do. So like I'm really lucky to still got got proper nerve function this motherfucking hand after that. But hey, he he popped on in there, and the sheriffs. They looked down over at this little slip of paper that said Edward Carl Nicodemus on it. Now, this is this is a name that's been floating around, apparently, I've heard since then, uh, around a bunch of people who've been opening up bank foreclosed houses across America. Now, I've got one person being like 52, days, 52 states at once. But yeah, there was like a... There, they, they was like the sheriffs looked at the file and they says there's an FBI stamp on this and a CIA stamp on this. I look over at the police and they're like, you want to bring us a regular intake one of this one of those times? Looks over at that. Um, uh, I think his first name was Officer. He gave. Uh, yeah. So um, they, they looked on over at him and says that. And uh, then they look over at me and it says, do you need any uh, medical attention? I look on over at, at that, that officer kid and looked him straight in the eyes. I was like, no, this sucker ain't hard. You kidding me? Just give me them socks back. They're comfy. Walked on in the jail cells with these pink and purple fuzzy socks. They were so comfy. It was like wearing slippies in jail. Oh. No. So how'd you how'd you get out? What? Uh, how long did they hold you for? Well, they called immigration because there's no documentation of, of me uh, ever crossing any borders and stuff. I just uh, I, I advised them that the name that applies to me on paper is also connected to uh, Native Reserve and uh, would be considered full status Indian. So like, um, yeah, basically the immigration called him back and says just let him go. So five hours later I was out of there, went on over, caught a shower at the Raven Project, changed some clothes, came on over to Arcata and I was drinking in the plaza again by nine. So you don't have a court date on that then? Uh, they gave me a slip of paper and they like says you need to sign this with a couple of guns at their side and so, I mean like how effective is it at um, you know getting an agreement from somebody if you're holding a gun at their head when you say that immigration call that's because you were born in Canada um, where was that conceived that I don't know where were you conceived I can't call it you must have some idea where where were, where were you conceived I honestly never asked those people that. I was more interested in who they was because I was like, all right, well, I remember what she was like when I was a kid, so I want to I want to learn from history some um, experiences. And when did you leave Canada? Uh, I hopped the fence a while ago. It's not, it's not the first time over here. I, there's, there's native reserves like all along the uh, borders. So. You're not here in the in the country illegally. No, I'm here in reality. But is that something that you're concerned about because you talk about it again so openly that you could possibly find yourself a foul of the law at some point? Well, legally, I don't exist. So why are the mother police officers coming over and hassling me? <laughs> and what uh, what was your childhood like? <coughs> um. I, I talked about that with North Coast Journal just the other day, like, uh, growing up, um, there's a lot of remnant kind of, uh, feelings and behaviors that got left over from those native boarding schools. If you've ever researched those, uh, the British government came on in, took every native kid, uh, underneath the age of, uh, 14, 
out from their parents' house over the course of six generations and put them in Catholic and United churches where they got ritually raped, sodomized, and molested by a child and, and United church people. And when I was growing up, they had changed uh, the names of them to group homes. And it was still run by Catholic corporations like Bosco Homes. And it was still going on, like beating the shit out of us, throwing in little rooms and shit. Even before I was ever there, like, that woman who uh, some people try to call my mother, like, n she never took ownership of me, and, you know, now she wants to f try owning me because, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the news and that. And it, that, that's not cool. You know, it's like she locked me in a room for four years, the very first four years of my life. And then whenever I'd scream, wake up in the middle of the night, like, she'd throw me in a cold shower until I stopped, wash my mouth out with soap, hit me with brooms, hit me with spoons, and I'd pretend like nothing ever happened and that I was the one with behavioral problems after that. Like, growing up like that, like, something in that society seriously failed me because people was blaming a four-year-old and a five-year-old and a six-year-old and a seven-year-old for being too sexual and stuff. And... That's, uh, you know, like, if I seen that walking around here as I am as an adult, I would know what was going on, and I'd f do something about it. What, what does that mean, that you, uh, being too sexual at that age? What, what, what are you referring to specifically? I was molested when I was really young. And By who? Lots of people. As I said, that uh, behavioral and cultural impact that those boarding schools had on um, poor and kept poor like if you look at the price of alcohol north of the north of defense compared to here that's that's because of natives you know like lo lots of people and it wasn't just natives either it was white people it was um, it was yeah so when did that abuse stop um when I was 17, I, I, I got raped, and, and after that, like, um, destroyed my psyche, like, who I, how I felt about myself, how I see myself and that, so, um, that, that one woman that, that wants to be called a mother now, but, you know, didn't give a f about me before, like, she, uh, she utilized that time to totally subvert me into Christianity, and, yeah. Who who raped you? So after oh that was that was this dude called Dennis Gates man I, I'd like to find him but I heard he was already dead. But anyways yeah like um so after that it happened and uh, she had subverted me into that religion and I, I I went I went to work like for that religion went on out to native reserves and like walked on up to like each and every house because they was just standing at the edge of the reserve and tossing food at them and saying believe in jesus i was like you aren't even addressing any real social issues like can you not even look around you and i, I walked on into the reserve and uh i walked up to a medicine man i was like hey man is it okay if i go across every door in town site here and this is like a higher per capita murder rate and crack cocaine use rate rate than harlem and, yeah, it, it, like, I, I, I asked him if I could do that, like, to knock on every door and just ask forgiveness because I'm half white, half native and stuff. Like, well, I look white anyways, but, like, you know, like, um, I, I, look, I look white and I'm on the reserve. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, just try not to get shot or stabbed. And I was like, all right. So I knocked on every single door, got a dog sicked on me, and asked them all for forgiveness. 
and then I, I went back over and afterwards they, they threw this this kind of this get together in the middle of, of town site because they were so encouraged the church group did and what they did is they set up this one table with free food where you had to uh, you had to bow down and say thank you to them to get any food and then they played you some music and then told you about how you were sinners but the whole time they surrounded themselves with all the children uh, from the church groups like all around the perimeter I seen that I was like no. And I started training as an EMT and I started training in pre-medicine and stuff. And I started getting in fights like outside the bar and sometimes because people would be bullying other people and you know first couple times it got the kicked out of me but then I started like hitting back real hard. Got over that that kind of that the antsy fear of fighting and then like you know I realized like I I'd, I'd never let something like that happen to me again. I'd rather die than let something like that happen to me again. So when you were assaulted, even as a 17-year-old, when you were raped, did you go to the police at that point? I ran out of the bush all naked, jumped off an embankment, got on over, and was throwing my naked, bleeding-ass body in front of cars to try to stop him. And never mind the police, I was just trying to get the away from there because he was chasing me. I was like 98 pounds, I hadn't eaten in five days, broken up with a girlfriend, super depressed. Like, yeah. Long story. It sounds terrible, Kai. It just sounds absolutely horrific. You can see how little sleep I've had by how little emotion I'm showing to it. They was driving me around after this incident trying to figure out where I came from. And God bless America, everyone here says, he's from here. He, he went to high school with me. This this flat cat, this this fool over here. No, no, we went cliff jumping. No, no, this guy's been surfing over here, man. No, you don't even understand. I went to university with this guy. No, I'm over in Australia. I remember paddling out to the Great Barrier Reef with him. And, you know, they, they probably wasted like 500,000 mother man hours trying to figure out who the f I was. <laughs> I'm just so grateful. But, yeah, they, they were sleep deafening me and following me around with cameras and shit. So I'm, I'm pretty much surviving on coffee and cigarettes right now. <laughs> now, that, the, the incident that, uh, of course, you're known for at this point, that happened back uh, on February 1st when you were hitchhiking. February 2nd, I think it was. I think it was February 2nd, yeah. Okay. Early February. And you got into the car with Jet McBride. Just explain to me how long you were with that person. Two hours, man. Two hours of, of putting up with him and uh, respecting him and valuing who he was and trying to figure out like is this a result of upbringing that you uh, believe this way about religion like okay that's strongly misogynist um are you sure that's what the bible actually says about that okay well who wrote the bible then was that the council of trent have you ever heard of the council of trent oh you you have oh you you recent oh oh cool like mm, sweet Alright, cool, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of like listening to him, he's going off on this, um, really right-wing conservative Jesus hogwash, and he's, he's like kind of making references, like he's connected with, with biker gangs, like saying, uh, yeah, it's so custom motorbikes very successfully, uh, got, uh, you know, uh, 413 good reviews, and, you know, only two bad reviews, I was like, oh, sh he's like, yeah, those two bad, very, those two bad reviews didn't last very long, and like, I was like, oh, sh He's like, yeah, I'm also really, uh, and then he like changed his face a bit, and he was like, I'm also really involved with the church, and you know, like, I was like, oh, sh and I was like, cool, 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 right on, respect, yeah. His radio overheated, and we pulled on in over at uh, Bulldog Recycling to uh, add some water and like smoke a dub, we waited for it to cool down, so I added some water to the radiator, get back on in over, you know, just 
you know, just smoking a dub. And he's like, you know, I went on these business trips when I was younger. Like, it started when I was 30. And, you know, I just... Uh, I, uh, I slept with a 14 year old. I was like, you what? He's like, and then he starts crying. He's like, give me a hug, man. Give me a hug. And I gave him a hug, and he's like, I raped a 14 year old. I was like, oh, f um, uh, um, and like he starts driving. I was like, the f okay, do you mean like statutory? Because I realized, like, in the Virgin Islands, like, you know, like people have to grow up faster. Okay, so maybe at 14 years old, she was every bit a woman as somebody who's lived a sheltered life here and is 21. Okay, maybe like I could I could see like how uh, different relations in different parts of the world could maybe play effect into it. Like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I come to realize that I'm Jesus Christ. I don't get away with anything. I want. And he f smashes into the people. I mean, the rest is history. Now, there's this this article that I found through the Fresno Bee and McBride's defense attorney, uh, Deborah Gerard. Oh, yeah, she's a smear. Yo, if anybody needs some good fertilizer out at their farm. Uh, that 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 Deborah there, she's she's so full of, sh and she'll smear it anywhere. And what what are you talking about exactly? Why, why do you say that? Because she grows flowers. Because she grows flowers. No, t no, tell me what you mean. What, what, why do you say that about her? I mean, the judge laughed in her face, and of course they f tried keeping that from the news because they're trying to salvage her career. But I pretty much pieced her apart. I remember after I got raped, and a defense lawyer came on over and pieced me apart. I, I, I learned from the tricks that they try to pull on, on um, witnesses. Like, man, it's just a good thing wasn't a rape victim up there getting pieced apart by her. But, I mean, hey, it's just her job, right? She's just making money from trying to keep child molesters out from jail. So what she said, she said, uh, again, this is the Fresno Bee, outside the courtroom, she said McBride was mortified by what happened and is very concerned about Mr. Neely. Now, she theorizes that something else happened in the car that only McBride and McGillivery... Mc Sorry, how do you pronounce your name again? Um, that's not my name. All right. Yeah. I, I, you know... Yeah. But let me just finish what she says here. So she said uh, something else happened in the car that only McBride and McGillivery know about. He told detectives... Uh, he told detectives that Kai grabbed his arm. He told detectives that Kai grabbed his arm or the steering wheel. Uh, this was not an intentional act and was not motivated by, motivated by race. Hmm. I'm Jesus Christ. I can get away with anything. Had just uh, gotten out of a mental hospital claiming that he was Jesus Christ and spent two weeks on the road between Moses Lake and Fresno terrorizing people. Somebody who obviously um, has got some domination f things. Like there's there's plenty of behavioral psychologists that could that could expound on people who think that they're God over the course of history and what they've done. Now, those two weeks between Moses Lake and Fresno, I've met some hitchhikers who had gotten into the car with Jet McBride, and uh, they're two they're two really tough ass hitchhikers, and they they were scared. They hopped out of the car at a rest stop. You know. So, I mean, like, he, he wants to go and say that now because he wants to be able to get out and keep sleeping with underage girls and enforceable situations and, you know, other stuff that he got to enjoy when he was, you know, out and free. And so now, what do you plan on doing? Because uh, you've, you've had this experience online and many people know about you and you've been on Jimmy Kimmel and there are some other things that could possibly come your way. But what are you planning on doing now that the attention is, is on you? Or Because I mean, these, these things do have a shelf life. It, it's going to start to fade away. But what are you, what, what are you planning on doing? 
Now you feel the shit. Badass motherfucker doesn't come with a shelf life. I don't fit on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, I don't fit inside time limits either. I mean, as I said, Walmart and Target don't want to publish that shit because that would go viral. You start putting up security cameras and me like running off with a bottle of water from Hollywood and getting chased all the way down Hollywood and like the whole boulevard and then through crowds and stuff, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's, that's some funny stuff right there. But really, what do you, what, what do you think will happen over the next couple of months? What, what are your, your plans or ideas? Well, there's that incident and then there's the original song that just hit 500,000 views in like less than three weeks so in 90s terms that's gold <laughs> I'm stoked so people people are actually interested in, in not not just the the fact that um, you know I'd, I'd smash you with the hatchet who's trying to mass murder some people um, but also in that I play some legit music. Uh, I play punk. I play. I play grind. I, I, I play like serious metal. Uh, I, I play uh, um, reggae. I, I play uh, country music. I play Old Crow Medicine Show on ukulele. You know, like I, I can play like six different instruments. There's been recording offers for me from places like Greenhouse Records and and uh, Universal since I was 17. Well, then you, sh- you should do that. Well, last time I was in Hollywood, I pissed on the Walk of Fame after getting kicked out of the Roosevelt. But I am interviewing local radio stations. That, and that's, and I really appreciate that, by the way. But what, what do you, when, it seems to me like you should actually try to record that music with these people who are coming up to you. Well, it's getting onto the internet. The message is getting out there. You know, I mean, like, all, all the people who's been good to me, like, over up in here has been getting built up. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's important to me. I mean, people I travel around with, they're getting known as home free. I mean, and, and when you consider all of what that actually means, like to be home free, it, it kind of puts you in a childhood mentality of, oh, hey, oh, hey, I just won the game. Oh, shit, I don't have to play that game. Oh, damn. The, oh, 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 you did that. Oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think you'll do tonight? What's, or, and I'm just trying to get a sense for what, how does one sort of survive without a place to go at night? What do you do? You, do you have somewhere to go tonight? Well, there's a lot of heat on around, so I mean, like you know, I kind of got to travel a little ways to find an abandoned house to squat in, so that the police don't come on over and fuck up the. Shit. But I mean, like, usually if if a neighborhood is seen like a family get kicked out of the house by a bank, like a receivership or something, you know, it, that that that's a big sting to the family because they realize that that person worked their whole life for that place, and. Now it's just gone from somebody who never worked a single f- day over it, you know? So, I mean, like, when, when when neighborhoods see that, and then they see somebody is, like, opening up a house, they're like, oh, good, f- somebody's got the balls to do it, you know? But but how do you get into the house that's been for- foreclosed upon? Do you go into the window? Or, I mean, each situation is different, but that's the plan, to actually find a house that's been foreclosed? and then. Well, I used to work in construction. There's There's all sorts of different ways of accessing houses. But... Like, there's also personal privacy and freedoms and, like, you know, respect and stuff and making sure by checking online databases that they are indeed in receivership first and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And you actually do that? Well, yeah. I'm not just going to go up to a house that looks like it. it's abandoned, like, motherfucking, like, you know, because that would be, like, if, if, to, to put myself in a situation of somebody who is in there, you know what I mean? So it's always good to cross-reference stuff like that because, like, you do you do got to commit to it, like, if, if you're going to do, like, something brave, you know? And and if you're going to commit to something, just make sure you, you know, you, you, you're sure about it first. 
So as this this notoriety that you've developed, has this helped you with with women? Are you are you dating these days? Am I dating? Well, are you seeing somebody? Or I guess because people do know who you are, you're uh, a known person at this point. Do, has this changed your life in some way? Are women coming up to you in a way that they haven't before? Oh uh, yeah, this this one girl was uh, trying to see if if it was me, and she walked into a stop sign the other day. I, I walked on over. I was like, oh my god, because people were starting to laugh. I was like, I'm so sorry. And she was uh, she she was, she was kind of mortified. I gave her a big hug, and she's like, oh my god, you are Kai. Uh, and then, like, all the friends, like, started forming a horseshoe around me. I was like, hey, how's it going? So what are you, what are you all up to? And, like, you know, there's, like, they're like, oh, my God, you're Kai. Oh, my God, you're this. And then they meet me. I'm like, yeah, I, st- I still exist right here. I'm not inside of a, a magical computer box. <laughs> all the time, you know? <laughs> so you'll be around for a while here in Arcata, Humboldt County? Um, I can't call it. Are you dating? What was I thinking? Are you dating? But apparently Kai is available. He is Kai the Hitchhiker, and if you go online and just type in Kai, K-A-I, you will find him. He is the person who was involved with this melee south of here in early February where this disturbed person, Jet Simmons McBride, he crashed a car into some pg e workers, and then Kai jumped out with a hatchet and uh, pounded on him and... Some PG&E workers, they were also there, and they helped their colleagues. So all this, again, is spelled out in great detail online. And he is now currently up in Arcata. Doing what? I don't know exactly. But he's, he's around for now.